0: Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Brandon Garrett. Brandon has over 15 years as a serial entrepreneur. He's owned and been involved in multiple businesses, and he blends his corporate knowledge and experience with his leadership skills to bring immense value that inspires others to take action needed to create the life of their dreams. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here.
0: Yes. So uh, Brandon, tell me a little bit about you, um, where you actually grew up, and where you got started, and how you got to be where you are today. Because fifteen years of entrepreneurship is uh, a lot.
1: Yeah. So nothing too terribly exciting. Grew up in small town Midwest USA, a college town, about uh, 15,000 people at the time. I think it's a little bit more than that now. But uh, you know, small town. Um, I had my first business, so to speak, uh, mowing yards and shoveling snow for the uh, elderly ladies in the neighborhood. I think at one point I had eight or 10 uh, accounts, so to speak, that paid me either on a, you know, an, an as-needed basis or a monthly residual, what I now know as monthly residual. Um, so it, it was fantastic. And I grew grew up through that and transitioned into, you know, bigger cities, bigger jobs, went to college, you know, the traditional career escalator type deal. Um, and after a long time, you know, almost two decades in Corporate America, as far as um, retail and manufacturing and, and all of that stuff in leadership positions, it just really kind of burnt me out. And I decided, you know what, I need to go do my own thing. And then a couple of years later, uh, here we are. <laughs> so it, it's been fantastic, exciting time. Got to
0: mm-hmm. jump off
1: that cliff and build the plane on the way down, but it's exciting when you do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the way we really met each other is. Um, through mutual contacts who are in sales, and closing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, so what kind of businesses actually did you start out in, and, and how did you trans, you know, get, get, get into sales, what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, so that's a really good question, and I, you know, kind of did a little bit of the sales thing in, in retail, right, customer service, and all that, but nothing strictly sales-based, and when I I made the leap and and left uh, my corporate job. I started my own insurance brokerage, and I kind of realized, oh, my God, I don't have any, like, legit sales background. I did one summer at a car dealership when I was in college, and I was horrible at it. I couldn't sell a car to save my life. Um, Being young at that age, I guess, it maybe had something to do with it. Uh, So I started looking around on YouTube and things and and ended up investing in a sales course uh, for my own development. And then that ultimately led to one of the companies I'm associated with now called Closers Club, which is a professional sales closing and consulting organization. I've been involved with that for almost a year. And through that and one of your other podcast guests is is how you and I met.
0: Uh, Yes, yes. And what about what you do today gives you that fulfillment or why do you do it? So I've always
1: found my greatest joy has been unlocking that potential in others. Even when I was in corporate, like that was the thing that gave me the most joy. It wasn't you know, that I was making good money and going after bonuses or anything like that. It was really finding the untapped talent on my team, someone that's got the potential that doesn't necessarily even see it themselves and, and catapulting them to the next level. When I was in retail, I had you know, several assistant managers promoted to store manager position. I even had a couple store managers that were permitted, promoted to district manager. Uh, And then now within Closers Club, I I have that opportunity with the 40 uh, closers that we have in growing, but also that one-on-one connection with entrepreneurs. I, I spend a lot of my day on the phone with small and medium business owners to see if they're the right fit for what we do. But at the end of it all, I'm still making sure on that call, we're walking away with an understanding and a plan and clarity of what they need to do to move their business forward and take it to the next level, or at least be prepared to take it to the next level. And for me, that's, that's just fantastic. I, I, I think that is a lost service uh, in, in the modern Western culture.
0: So what kind of things have you done just personally to help yourself with your own development? Because the only way you could have been helping other people is if you had things that you were doing personally that you could teach to someone else from your experience.
1: Right. So, you know, kind of like a lot of us, a lot of school hard knocks, right? Failure is the greatest teacher of all, getting those bumps and scrapes and bruises. I I did have the benefits of being exposed to the business world at a very young age. Uh, My grandfather and my dad were um, involved in um, the Abraham Goldratt Institute, the Ellie Goldratt Institute, which is a professional consulting um, education facility. Um, Been around for 30, 40 years. I was actually Speaker at one of the Jonah World Upgrade conferences. At 13, 14 years old, I spoke to two, three hundred CEOs and VPs and all that. Um, kind of traumatic at the time. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but I had good fun doing that. And then that kind of sparked that desire for continuous learning and always being better. You know, tomorrow or today than I was yesterday. So whether it's you know books with my growing collection back here, um, or you know, I, like I mentioned before, invested in my own development through, you know, through a mentor, through sales courses, I'm looking at, uh, going to a Tony Robbins event later this year, the business mastery seminar, like you, you only can, you can only do so much for others if you can do for yourself. So like you have to fill yourself up, whether it's with knowledge, with joy, you know, whatever it may be to the point that you're overflowing so you can then bring that value to, to others.
0: Exactly, and um how is it that you keep everything kind of in balance with your health, with your business, with your family? Oh
1: my! Um, I,
0: you know, it's funny you ask that, and
1: I get this question a lot uh, as far as work-life balance and all that. And for the longest time, especially when I was working at job, um, I believed in that work-life balance concept because that's what a lot of corporate cultures preach. And and while there is some good basis to that. I think it's very often misrepresented and um, misinterpreted. There, there is no work-life balance. That's, that's an illusion. That's our feeble attempt at control as humans to, to have division in our life. Uh, it, in order to reach the goals that you wanna have, sometimes you're gonna be out of balance. You may be very, very digging into work, but then that's at some point is gonna allow you to be very, very out of balance. And focused on your family what you need to do is find your your passion and your center and what f- feels true to you and so you're able to have the clarity that you need to make the decisions and invest your time and your energy where it's needed because there's just life there's no work-life balance everything is life
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that, that's true because I found personally when I'm concentrating especially on one area like you um, used to have these CrossFit challenges and we were exercising <laughs> seven days a week, you know, making sure we had like the leanest foods because we wanted yep. to win. You know, somehow the the work and, the you know, some other things kind of like I was getting to work, but ah, I was kind of tired. <laughs> so right. just, There's always that, ba- you know, I guess I don't know if it's a balancing act, but yeah, when you're working on something a lot, then you're going to. Not working yeah. something else. Inevitably,
1: uh, so. uh, inevitably that's the case, and we all have to find what works for us. We all have these balls in life that we're juggling. Some of them are rubber balls, and some of them are glass balls. Try not to drop the glass balls. If you drop a rubber one, it's okay; it's going to bounce back.
0: hmm Yeah. So, with what you do, are you actually working from home, or are you going into an office?
1: A little bit of both, actually. So, I do have uh, my office here uh, that I that I. Absolutely love being at. It's a purposeful, intentional environment. Uh, you know, I've got wealth triggers, and it's set up kind of with uh, feng shui principles. I'm not by any means a feng shui master or whatever they're called, but you know, I was like, you know what? If it works, then why not? What difference does it make if I put this plant over here versus over here? If if it's gonna work, it's gonna work. If not. It, it has created a, a very productive environment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, being a being a parent, I do have the flexibility with being, you know, self-employed of being able to work at home and flex my schedule. Um, so it, it's kind of both. Uh, I go through stints of being out of balance <laughs> where mm-hmm. I'm, you know, in the office a lot uh, versus, you know, through the holidays, I was working quite a bit at home with, you know, having to get the house decorated and different schedules at school with choir conference, concerts and, and all that kind of stuff. So, it's, it's great to, to have that choice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It really is to be able to, you know, when you need to, be able to spend time with your, you have one child? I have two. You have two, two girls. Okay.
1: One just turned 12 on New Year's Eve and the other one's 13 and a half.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So um, what is the value of having the right mindset and beliefs to be successful? Oh, <laughs>
1: It, it's it's everything, and and the more I dive into that, the more I really see how important it is. Like that power of belief and mindset cannot be overstated. Everything in life goes back to that. Even after you've achieved something, or you've overcome an obstacle, like you're gonna you're gonna level up, you're gonna have new challenges, and then you're gonna find that you have to go back and readjust your mindset. Um, you know, through no fault of anybody's really. Um, we all are given certain beliefs growing up, you know, our first several years of life, six, seven, eight years old, or when we're basically being programmed, our brain is in a certain state where it's basically like a sponge. It's called theta state. Um, so our, our parents, you know, our loved ones, the people that we spend most time with are providing those programs and those beliefs that we may not know that we have, uh, that we have to go back as an adult and really work through to identify These are why I, this is why I see things the way that I do. This is why I make the choices that I do because of this thought pattern. Um, And not all of those programs are good, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's up to us to to go back in and identify those and replace them with ones that are. And and everything you want in life goes back to that. Like it's it's in there somewhere if you are willing to spend the time with yourself to figure out what it is. Mm
0: Yeah. And when you do spend time with yourself, how do you do that? I I mean, some people meditate or some people just sit and do lists or how do you do that for yourself?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So for me personally, I've got a morning practice that I do um, that I I hold that time sacred. It's uh, up to about two hours long, depending on um, how much energy I I put into it. Um, Just start out with gratitude in the morning, 15 to 20 minutes or so of, of, being grateful for you know the things that I have, the opportunities of being given. And then I do a little bit of um, some Eastern meditation, some chakra focused meditation. Um, those are, are guided with some chanting and, and things like that. Um, I when I first got into meditation, I didn't think I would really like that, but now that it's become a, a behavior and a, and a habit for me, it, it's really powerful when you when you dive into that, if you let yourself be open to that. Um, and I do a little bit of qigong um, kind of the, the the original Tai Chi, so to speak, just um, for movement sake in the morning to get myself going, get, get my energy up, and then a little bit of visualization, and then finally just some stillness to, to focus. And then after that, I, I write my goals down because that's when I'm in the most positive state of the day. Uh, I try to write those down at least once every day, sometimes twice, um, and then I go hit the gym. Th- that's what I found works for me. And, you know, like you mentioned, everyone kind of does something different. Some people, it may just be sitting by the window in the morning and drinking a cup of coffee. Um, but whatever it is, I really encourage everyone to take 10 minutes, 15 minutes, first thing in the morning before you do anything else, before you open up your phone, look at email, get inundated with all this negative energy that's out there and all this stuff. Take that time for yourself because that's, that's the only opportunity you're going to have during the day to work on that mindset because you have to carve that time out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And several of the things you mentioned—they're—they're they're good for a person, you know, mentally, emotionally, even health-wise. I know the—I uh, I know very little about qigong, but I had a friend that was really into it years ago, and we did the animals. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that stuff. far along yet, yeah.
1: but I—I'd like to be because it's—you um, know—the many forms and stuff are very nice and elegant to look at, and I'm sure I. I don't feel that I move that way. Uh, Maybe some point I will, but uh, yeah, it's (laughs) it's very nice.
0: It's a lot of fun with kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Or your cat or your dog when they're in the room with you. They're like, what are you doing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And um, so from what I'm hearing as you're talking, you really love to kind of raise people up and to encourage them to be their best. How important is it to you, as far as just being a service to others?
1: You know, that's the that's the greatest single purpose I think we all have is to be in service to others. You know, and I'll I'll go back to a a, a quote by someone many of us know in in the development space. You know, Zig Ziglar um, said, "You can have everything you want in life if you just help enough uh, other people get what they want." Uh, and that that 's a wonderful thought, right and it, it almost seems like it's self serving but it but it 's really not because if you if you 're able to derive your joy from from helping others achieve it 's almost inevitable that you 're going to receive at some point, but it all starts with that mindset and that fifteen minutes in the morning because you can't pour from an empty cup um, you, you have to you have to be available to to fill yourself up so that you have the extra to give out. And once once that, that cup is full, like you just keep pouring in there, it, it has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and inevitably that I, I believe that, that that's gonna come back. Um, it, you know, and, and service takes many, many forms. It could it could simply be 10 minutes, you know, hopefully not 10 minutes in retail, but a few minutes in the in the checkout line at the grocery store. Listening to to you know Edna talking about her estranged daughter and how she misses her and their relationship and this and that, and just being that available ear. And because you listened or asked one question the right way, she decides, you know what, I'm going to go pick up the phone when I get home and I'm going to call her. Yep. What greater gift can you give someone than something than that?
0: Exactly. And sometimes it's just a smile. Yep. A smile. Absolutely. Passing by someone you just, you just never, never know. And I mean, as far as just associations with people, um, you know, talk about what's the importance of that in your business and in your life, just being associated with people, being connected with people, and just how you create your success by having those connections.
1: You know, who, who you surround yourself with is very, very important, um, you know, whether it's in, the, in terms of health and fitness or finance. Uh, you know, whatever it is, you are the collective average of the people you use five or six people that you spend the most time with. So unfortunately, for many of us that haven't worked on cleansing our acquaintances, so to speak, that don't necessarily have behaviors at service, you know, we're kind of stuck in those patterns, and, and it's very hard to get out of. But, um, you know, if you want to be a healthy person, if you want to, you want to be in shape, and have a healthy lifestyle and eat right, like, you need to, you need to make certain choices and certain changes with that who you're hanging out with, you know, hang out with people that are health conscious minded. It doesn't mean you need to, you know, go full on crazy like you were talking about with the crop, but make some intentional choices, right? If you want, if you want to have a different life financially surround yourself with people that are of a different financial position than you Um, doesn't mean you need to go hang out with multimillionaires, but if your goal is to make six figures a year, then you need to start hanging out with people that make six figures a year because they really do think and operate and make decisions and have different behaviors than, than everyone else does. Anything you want in life that you don't have is because you simply just don't have the habits or the behaviors that it takes to get there. So go surround yourself with the people that do. That That's the key mm-hmm. to everything.
0: Yeah, and as um, you were speaking, I was thinking, what is the um, – when it comes to habits, how important is it to have like that daily practice like what you have?
1: I think that's extremely important, at least at least in terms of having the habit of and the behavior of taking care of yourself first, finding your center in the beginning of the day to, to be grateful, to be still, identifying your mind what, what's coming up, what things you may need to work on that's how you're going to learn about yourself. In the middle of the day, you've got all this other stimulus coming in. You're not going to be able to focus on what's going on in my brain, what's actually going on in my in my subconscious, in my soul, right? That's the only way you're going to get any, into any of that. And, and that is so, so important. And whether we realize it or not, everything in life is a behavior, is a habit. Like You have habits already. It's just whether or not they serve you and whether or not you recognize them that, they are a habit or they're simply on autopilot. Um, In the book, The Slight Edge, and that's talked about quite a bit of, you know, it's either working against you or for you every day. Like, you get up in the morning, you get out of bed on on a specific side of the bed, you go to the bathroom, you brush your teeth, you shut, like you do all of these things that are on autopilot that are habits, that are behaviors, Um, and that's good because that autopilot allows your brain to do other functioning but a lot of times the trap that we fall into is letting habits that don't serve us be on autopilot as well. And that's where the struggle becomes. And that's why that, that morning practice is so important. You can really sit there and think, okay, this is my day. This is what I'm going to do today. These are the steps that I'm going to take to achieve these things that I'm visualizing. And okay, these three behaviors that I do every day, I've eaten lunch and then going down the Facebook rabbit hole for two hours, that's totally not moving me in the direction I want to go. I need i need to take steps against I, in a different direction from that.
0: And that makes so much sense, just those little steps day by day, because I know if I kind of stop doing something and it's one day and then a few days later I don't do it again, it's like, oh, then you, you actually reverse the habits mm-hmm. that, that, and the, the good ones that are putting you in the direction you want and I was thinking about even, you know, being in sales. If you're in sales where you always have to bring leads in, if you're not always doing lead generation every day, you know, a month from now, you're not going to have any.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got <laughs> to keep that pipeline full. Absolutely. It's not Absolutely right. have any.
0: So, and then when you talked about, you know, surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded or like people who you want to be with, um, when you are choosing the people that are around you, how did you how did you choose that? Who are the, who are the five people that are important in your life that you
1: choose? Yeah, here? so you know we're we're given our family when we're born, right? And we don't always have that choice, um, but you can choose who your family, who your tribe is outside of that. And I think through different choices that we make and opportunities that are presented we have the opportunity to assemble our tribe. Um, everybody's put in our path for a reason and for a purpose. It may just be for a short period of time or it may not, but it's up to us to be available to the opportunity to identify, hey, you know, this person is really is really a good person. They've, they've got a good vibe. They've got good energy, you know, whatever. You know, I got a good feeling about them, you know, whatever it is. Um, you you got to start to gravitate towards those people. And that only becomes really clear to you when you've, carve that time out in the morning during your day so that you have clarity about what about what you want. Um, because a lot of times the people that have a lot of habits that don't serve them in life also don't have very good energy about them either. Um, and energy is, is what it is. It's neither good nor bad, but like is going to attract like in that instance. Where We're, we're, we're going to continue to focus on that and we're not going to get where we want. Um, so I try to be very intentional about my choices with that. Um, you know, I went through a period in life, in uh, you know, out of college, where um, I, I I didn't necessarily want a lot of friends, but like I found myself in a position where I had a lot of friends because I was a single guy. Uh, I had the house, I had you know, lots of stuff, so I had I had lots of friends, um, but no, I didn't really have a tribe, um, and there was a lot of there was a lot of painful growth during that period. Um, you know, because when when times were tough or when I, you know, needed that ear, you know, none of those people were to be found. Um, so you know, my circle now is very very small, um, in terms of who I have deep personal relationships with, and I um, I try to, to maintain that in, in my business in my business dealings too. The um, one interesting thing that, that came out um, of my my morning practice just this past couple weeks during the visualization, um, was a particular watch. Um, And I know this sounds crazy, but why this is important is I I have aphantasia. And what that is, is basically when you try to visualize things in your mind's eye, if you have aphantasia, you don't see nothing. Like I close my eyes, and it's a black screen. So growing up in high school and in college, you know, uh, I was a multi-sport athlete, and we would always, coaches would always talk about the visualization and stuff, and I always was like, hey, I'm sitting here, and Okay, this is, kind of, this is kind of weird. It wasn't until recently that, that I became an adult and I had a conversation with my wife about it. I'm like, look, when we're doing this practice in the morning, do you actually see stuff? She's like, well, yeah. I'm like, no, I don't mean do you like think you see it. Like, do you see it like actually see it? She goes, yeah, I see it plain as day. Why? I was like, because I don't see nothing. I'm looking at like the TV with it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first time I ever saw something, and it was more of a feeling than a visual image, was a Rolex Milgauss watch. Uh, And for anyone that knows anything about watches, um, that particular watch was designed for the scientists at CERN. um, And the the name derives from the fact that it is able to withstand the high level of magnetic fields that are produced at that laboratory and not lose any of Rolex's standard of precision timekeeping. And all at once, I saw that watch, and I also saw this, and and I felt this message of, how you insulate yourself, what what and who you surround yourself with is extremely important and stayed on track in life. Um, and that's exactly what the watch was designed for. The case is built a certain way. Um, and it was just very profound that I had that experience as a result of the morning practice. And it really ties in with what we're talking about now with your question of, you know, how do you surround yourself with? You've got to be intentional about it. Even though the universe is going to bring th- things and opportunities and people your way, you still have to be intentional about who you do if you're going to be serious about achieving the things that you say you want to achieve.
0: Yeah. And as you talked about people that, you know, you spend time with in the business now, you talked about the Closers Club. What caused you to, to, to choose to be a part of that?
1: Um, that's a good question. So it was really kind of, kind of like what I'm talking about, like where opportunities become available to you when you're ready. I was originally on a, a, with a different sales company and the the founder of that company, um, Hope White, you may know Hope, um, you know, ultimately decided to go a different direction with things that she was doing and knew the founder of Closers Club, Raj, and was like, hey, you know, you've, you know, you've done great, I, you know, really appreciate everything you've done for me while, you know, you've been on the team, let me put you in touch with Raj to see, um, you know, if, if he's looking for additional people and, you know. That way you're you're not just left out here in the no in the, the unknown of, of sales right mm-hmm. um, and so that's how that came about and then just because of that introduction and in the conversation um, here I am I, I started out with um, being on the talent team the acquisition team so recruiting the sale the, you know the sales closers and and doing some of the training and the development and then moved into the role now as as executive director where I'm kind of keeping track of, of almost everything it seems like sometimes mm-hmm. um, and then you know doing big things going into 2020 uh, and I looking back at it now you know that wasn't ac- that wasn't an accident like I had to go through that experience of of working with another company uh, and have because if I hadn't that introduction would have never happened uh, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be where I'm at so It's really unique when you really start to think back over your life. You can see how all those pieces fit together. Uh, And the more you reflect on that in the morning, Mm -hmm. uh, the more you start to see those opportunities as they're happening and coming your way.
0: Yeah. And just from an ethical standpoint, why did you choose closers? Because I know that they are a highly ethical group. Tell me more a little bit about the group and, and, and what they do.
1: Yeah, so you know, we we've talked a lot about you know the importance of mindset and belief and morning practice and all that, uh, and that my passion and my focus on that really stems from um, the culture within Closer's Club. Um, That is something we all take near and dear. Like I was big on mindset and you know self care and things like that, but not to the level that I'm at now. And that that really is a testament to the culture that we have within Closer's Club of making sure we're all starting out our days. Uh, very, in, very intentional. Um, and as far as, you know, the ethics and go with, you know, being a part of a sales organization, we, we've we all heard the stories, right? Like uh, the slimy, sleazy sales guy, car guy that, um, is, you know, going to sell you a clunker and, and take your money and go on down the road. Um, you know, we're, we're not that way uh, at Closers Club, you know, much in a similar fashion to what I mentioned earlier about being on the call with business owners and at least making sure I'm providing them value from my, my knowledge base and my experience. You know, closers, when they get on the phone with the, the clients that we have, their, their potential customers, you know, they're doing the same way, whether it's you know, they're looking at investing in you know, a Shopify type program or whether they're looking at a mindset you know, program. At the end of the day, the closer is responsible for leaving that prospect better than we found them. And that's really the focus of, of Closers Club. And I, I, that resonates with me because if the, person, if the person isn't a good fit, then they're not a good fit. Don't, don't sell them. The, the, the ethical and moral obligation is to sell them the right product and right service at the right time. And if those three things don't line up, it doesn't matter how much you like them. It doesn't matter how excited they are to purchase it. It's your responsibility to say, no, I, I don't think this is right for you right now. Um, because ultimately, you're going to do more harm than good.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree, and I love that about that. And um, and I know that um, you have um, a, a, some type of charity that you work with.
1: Yeah. Um, so there's a one particular charity that we we funnel a lot of things to. It's called Life Guided by Light. Um, so within Closer's Club, um, you know, we all, all obviously commission salespeople. We all you know are, have lives to live and bills to pay. Um, but after that's all said and done, any any additional profit that's left goes directly to support Life Guided by Light, um, which is fabulous. A lot of organizations don't do that. Um, but even one step further than that is we now have a director of charitable giving in place, and her responsibility is working with all of the closers and closers club to have identified a local charity where they can donate their time or donate or we can we can send funds to as a company. Um, and and build that relationship going forward that's a big initiative we're doing um, going into 2020 that I was I just absolutely fantastically excited about
0: yeah and and I love hearing that 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 giving back piece because we've been we have been given so much so it's awesome Mm -hmm. and um, I want to kind of change gears a little bit and just kind of go back to uh, talking about life in general Mm -hmm. so do you feel like people are just here and there's fate and just what happens to you happens to you, or can we actually create what we want in our life?
1: I think some people are just here because they're, they're not in tune enough. They're, they're not, they don't know what they don't know, unfortunately. Um, So some people unfortunately are just kind of, are are just kind of letting those programs run and, and that's the state that there are. But, I really think if you you spend the time, um, you can create whatever you want. I mean, science is finally now catching up in the Western world to a lot of the things that some of the Eastern philosophies and religions have taught for years about, you know, energy and, uh, you know, all of the stuff that we're now learning in quantum physics is, well, everything is energy and everything is vibrating. And well, if that's the case, like that completely shifts how we understand everything in the Western world and whether you buy into any of that or not, you still have to accept the fact that you have free free will and free choice. You can choose to do certain things, um, and all choices have outcomes, whether or not that outcome is something you want and something that serves your goals is entirely up to you. Um, I, I think anything anything short of that is living in you know just a state of automation or even worse, a state of victimhood um, and, and you 're giving your power away as as a, as a human being, you know, we, we have the ability to create and do things that a lot of the other animals and and, uh, entities, so to speak, that, that inhabit planet earth do not. Um, we, We can directly can control that. And that's, that's the secret to life I think is, is learning that and then doing something about it.
0: Wow. And what has given you the most happiness and joy in your life?
1: So, you know, I talked earlier about the, the development of others, um, whether it's my, my two daughters um, or the team, um, you know, that, that really has sparked a lot of things for me, and I would say just recently coming to mind um, is some of the time I've been investing with, with, a, with my brother. Um, there was a pretty, pretty good stint there where we did not talk for several years, um, had a lot of things to work on. Um, and work through. I mean, we literally did not speak, uh, you know, kind of like you see in the movies, like separate Christmases for at mom's house, like the whole nine yards. Um, And we've been working through that. And, you know, I'm at a, he's my younger brother. He's six years younger than me. Uh, I'm at a very different stage in life than he is. Um, But because we've worked through that to now be able to provide him with some, just, you know, some insight. It's not like, hey, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm the bigger brother. You know, I'm right. It's just like, This is what these are the things I've beat my head against. I suggest you don't do these things Mm -hmm. uh, because if you do, this is what happens. Um, But if you do these things, this is this is the outcome that I've been getting that is working for me. So you know, do what you want with that information. Um, But seeing his growth over the past few months and being in a position to support that um, has has been uh, fantastic. And there was a a recent incident um, back before. Um, around Thanksgiving, he he's an Army veteran. He's got PTSD, um, and he has a service dog. Um, and she she's a lab, and labs are you know kind of the uh, the trash cans of of dogs. They will eat everything. Um, she had eaten a bunch of grass and sticks and stuff, and had an intestinal blockage, um, and, and had to have surgery. Um, they you know I had to do the whole cutting her open and and getting it all out of there. Um, and that's a very expensive, you know, gastric surgery is a very expensive surgery to animals. It was, you know, about $4,000. Um, and he called me in the middle of the night and said, hey, I gotta take Halo to the vet, something's wrong. Um, I said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll come up there, you know, drove an hour, one o'clock in the morning, because this dog is his world. Um, and for him, losing that dog is, is not even on the table, the impact it would have on him, and he, and therefore his wife, his kids is, is unspeakable. Um, so they did some x-rays and all that and then seen the blockage and he's like, hey, he's like, I, he's like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to put her down. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. We'll figure it out. Um, so through that, we started a, a GoFundMe um, that has raised about uh, about a third or so of, of the amount of money he needed. I think we're around $1,200 or so trying to get to that $4,000 mark. Um, we call it hashtag Help Halo,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and when you you know go to that that particular GoFundMe page, it'll have you know the story about about him and Halo. Um, there's some pictures, there's some video. Um, she is well now, obviously because we you know it was life-saving surgery she she had to have it immediately. Um, so we're looking just to defray those medical costs for him. Um, and there's even a, a video of him and, and my puppy playing together. Um, they're the same age and absolutely the best of friends. So. Being able to do that um, probably his it really didn't hit home until my dad called me, um, three or four weeks after and just said, uh, we were t- he called to talk about something else and he was like, hey, it's like, I know what you did and that's pretty cool um, and that's like the first time I've ever heard my dad get choked up about anything. Um, so that really kind of, even now like I'm kind of like, yeah. wow, uh, you know, because just to me it was just like, you know I, I'm available, this is what I'm gonna do. It wasn't even a question. Um, so yeah that's so far that's probably been one of the big ones <laughs>
0: Wow, and that is just so beautiful I'm just I have so much emotion listening to that and that uh, just the I mean the uniting of the brothers a hard difficult thing mm-hmm. but something that brought you back together with your brother yep which is just amazing and wonderful and I'll make sure and put you you do have some um, links here for the um, help halo for the GoFundMe. So I'll make sure and put that in the show thank notes you. and also appreciate for that. the uh, charity um, to feed the the thousand people every week, the life guided by light. So we'll make sure so and put that in the, we appreciate in the show that show notes. Yeah. Show notes. So um, I really appreciate you being on the podcast today and, and, and sharing your wisdom and especially, you know, I think sometimes it's, nice to kind of dissect and see what people do for their morning or what Mm -hmm. you know what really makes people successful and it's those little little things that you wouldn't think about it's not making another sales call it's it's doing your morning ritual Mm -hmm. and it's so easy to skip over and not not see that so I just love that you shared that with us so thank you so much for being on the podcast and is there any other words of wisdom you can give people as far as just Living a happy life, a successful life.
1: Just go do it. Just go do it. You, you, you've got you've you've got to commit, and it's. I'm going to say that with a disclaimer. It's not going to be pleasant at all. Self work is not pleasant. Figuring out what out of the day, like if you're if you're a Netflix junkie, like. Cutting out Netflix so you have got can go to bed a little bit earlier to start that morning practice is not going to be pleasant um, initially. I mean, getting up, you know, whether you get up, choose to get up early to do it or you're, you know, whatever your, your schedule is, carving that time out first thing in your day is going to be something new. And when you're learning a new behavior, like your brain is going to, is going to be like, hey, well, hold on. Um, we, we, should be, we should be sitting in traffic and like really upset right now. What are you doing to me? Like, You have to accept that that's going to be part of the process. Um, and, just, and just know that if you stick with it, it's going to pay dividends beyond anything that you can imagine. Um, so just just get up and go do it. Go live it. Because you've only got one life and this is it.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much, Brendan. And um, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Yes, thank you. It's been great being here. Thank you.